Hello, and welcome back to Pastoral Parsha. This is Dr. Michelle Friedman. And I'm Rachel Yehuda. Of YCT Rabbinical School. In each episode, we explore an aspect of psychology based on the Torah reading of the week. Okay, and today we're talking about Parshat Miketz. And the theme that Rachel and I are going to be exploring is, can you ever forget your past? And actually, should you ever forget your past? Or should you try? Should you try? (laughs) Especially when you don't like what the past events have been like. And at the same time, the Jewish people, the Jewish tradition is all about memory. We are commanded, zachor, to remember. And our focus today in Parshat Miketz is going to be on Joseph and his struggle with memory. Right, so he lands in Egypt and he has a very dramatic uh, set of circumstances um, where he is promoted, finds himself in jail, then finds himself out of jail, and there he is, um, Pharaoh's second in command. Right, but it's been a rags to riches to rags to riches story. He has suffered tremendously at the hands of his own brothers who were going to kill him, then they sell him, then he has his position of um, power in um, an Egyptian house, then he gets shoved into a prison, he thinks he's going to die, and he ascends once again. And then things start to look up. Pharaoh really trusts him, and he gives him his daughter to get married, and he has two children, and it's really interesting how he decides to name his children. Right here, Joseph, it's years now that have passed that he's been with his family, and he is integrated to some degree into Egyptian society, not fully, but a lot, and he has these two boys, and it's so striking that in verse 41, 51, Joseph's struggle with how much he wants to remember expresses itself in his naming of his firstborn son, whom he calls Manasseh. And the verse reads, And Joseph called the firstborn's name Manasseh, because God has made me forget all of my trouble and all of my father's house. But of course... If you can say that, it that's means right. You forget. <laughs> it means I'm naming you forget. But every time I call you, forget, come to dinner. I'm remembering what happened. I, I'm going to remember <laughs> that I called you that, so right. that I wouldn't forget all of my traumatic past. Right. And here Joseph is, you know, seemingly living it up in Egypt and uh, wielding more and more power, consolidating more and more wealth. When in verse 42. Jacob, his father, re-enters the story, and the drumbeat of memory starts up again. There's a famine in the land of uh, Israel, and Jacob sends his sons, Joseph's brothers, to Egypt to get food. I think the story gets really interesting here because we're about to have a reunion, and Joseph um, has the advantage of being able to recognize his brothers but they don't recognize him. And during this time before the brothers know who he is, we get to learn a lot about Joseph's feelings. One is that he, he actually has intense feelings. Joseph has, is so full of feeling, 
more feeling I think is ascribed to Joseph than really any other character in Genesis. One, and it's, it's unusual. One passage, 4330 I'm pointing to, reads, and Joseph hurried because his feelings for his brothers were boiling and he looked for a place to weep and came to his room and wept there. So it would be very interesting to talk about what we think he was overwhelmed with. I mean, was it that he was happy to see his brothers despite everything? Uh, family? Was he overcome with recollections of the past or specifically how they sold him um, into slavery? What was he experiencing? And he doesn't have a plan. It seems that Joseph is kind of going in all directions. On the one hand, he sets up a whole series of trials for his brothers that are also going to affect his old father very powerfully. He's putting them in the same kind of, well, not the same kind of, but a, an extreme position of desperation akin to what they put him through. Well, you know, it's really interesting to think about whether the text spends this time really focusing on how overcome he was with emotion. He had to go into another room. He had a, it was clearly unanticipated. He had to go find somewhere where he could let out his emotion. And it's just interesting to think about whether it was that emotion that guided uh, what happened next or whether he sort of knew what he had to do in a rational sense. And despite that, he also had some feelings about it because um, what he did next really took a lot of steely resolve to not disclose his identity and at the same and let time, out his feelings. Right, he, he's not disclosing his identity, but he's actually picking up on a tradition of his, I guess it's his great-grandfather, Abraham, of hospitality. He serves these brothers a special meal. That's the Jewish way, Michelle. That's the Jewish way. And it's so striking because the text says that the Egyptians wouldn't eat with him. They know he's a Hebrew. And so he, as rich as he is, as powerful he is, and Joseph knows this, he is not a complete full-class citizen. So here he is with his brothers, and he's feeding them, and he's also giving them food to take back, and he's giving them their money back. So at the same time that he is putting them through all these trials, he's also giving them a lot of stuff. Yeah, but the, but the, um, what he's really doing is he's causing great anguish in the brothers. That's right. So much so that even the brothers dis discuss amongst themselves that they're having the kind of pain that maybe Joseph had when he begged them not to sell them into slavery. What, what Joseph actually does is says, he, he questions them about their family and when he realizes, when, when it is disclosed to him that there is a younger son, his brother Benjamin, that didn't come along for the journey, he basically says to the brothers, I'm going to imprison you all until this, um, until you bring me evidence that you're not spies and liars. And he knows full well how much this is going to hurt their father. Assum how much? Assuming his father is still alive, which is Well, he knows at the beginning clear. of this that he is alive. Now, of course, he could die anywhere along this story, but presumably the father is alive, according to what Joseph has learned from his brothers thus far. Well, the brothers certainly tell that to him. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it's hard to know whether uh, Joseph believes it or not True. because later he'll ask again. He does ask. <laughs> right. He asks more than once again. Yes. It's as though he can't, like this whole story, he's operating on different fronts. He can't really integrate this information. And I think that this whole struggle with trying to reckon with painful experiences in the past and how much to allow that to come to the surface so that you can use it uh, and maybe in the service of hurting others or maybe in the service of finding resilience is something we see every day. Right, so this is not uncommon. There are a lot of people that are in circumstances, unfortunately, where something horrible has happened to them in their, in their family of origin. I mean, this, this is the kind of thing both of us see every day. Absolutely. And um, sometimes it's actually adaptive. Uh, to split off, to split off, right. to uh, leave the trauma behind, to right. make a new identity for yourself. And in Joseph's case, he was sold. However, you have to believe that had he wanted to go back and talk to his father and tell his father that he was alive, or had he wanted to make contact, that would have been possible. But he was struggling with that. He wasn't sure. It's really a fair question to ask if you're better off leaving and trying not to look back and not to remember. And leaving can be metaphoric, not just actually physically going far away, kind of cleaving off part of yourself. But you pay a price. You pay a price when you leave part of yourself behind. Right. And so the question is, what happens when something comes back and reminds you? And I think that Joseph's behavior really reminded me very much of the, um, the way that adults behave when they're reminded of early bullying. Mm -hmm. um, so again, the trauma that happened here to Joseph, which was very extreme, was being sold into slavery by his brothers. Right, but take a peers. kid. Like right. Take a kid who, let's say, is different. Let's take a kid, common example, um, who has Asperger's and who's been bullied as a child, who's been taunted, who's been ostracized. And let's say that kid becomes successful as an adult. And that adult goes back to some kind of, let's say, a reunion, you know, or a family dinner, maybe a, a dinner with friends, or some kind of goes to a social event. And he sees those people who hurt him. And on the one hand, he, maybe he wants to flaunt his success. Maybe somebody asks him for a favor, uh, and he doesn't want to do it because these people hurt him in the past. On the one hand, he can manipulate his success and feel good about it, but he can also deprive people of it. Yeah, and, and I don't even think that um, it has to be someone with Asperger's. I think that um, so, no. absolutely uh, people get bullied more than we think. Um, for whatever reason, we happen to know some of the reasons in the Joseph story, but whatever the reasons are, um, I think what's so striking here is not only um, is it not clear what he's going to do with this, but the overwhelming feeling, how it comes back, how you think maybe so much has passed and now I'm so successful. And this stuff shouldn't matter what happened so long ago to people I've forgotten. But it sure does. It does and it never goes away. And it, we work with it every day because the brain and the body record what we experience and it records those feelings that we can't consciously pull back, but they're there and they can be tapped and popped to the surface in a nanosecond. Right, and we don't know 
of how much those emotions then dictate our rational behavior. That's right. That's right. And so in a way, you know, that adage that people uh, um, say so quickly, oh, the goal is to forgive and to forget, it's actually all wrong. You can decide about forgiving, but you definitely shouldn't forget. Well, <laughs> you should remember. Even so if you, don't you should, do it again. you can't. So what's right. the difference? Right. And even if you think you have, unless you've really processed what has happened, um, it's going to come back to you as a big overwhelming bolus of feeling, so much so that you're going to have to go find a place to just weep. That's right, just like Joseph. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Pastoral Parsha with Dr. Michelle Friedman and Dr. Rachel Yehuda. This podcast is brought to you by Shivat Chovevei Torah. To learn more, visit yctorah.org.